Hello and welcome to our viewers on CruxInvestor.com and also to our listeners on CruxCast, our podcast series. For those of you who are new to Crux Investor, please click the button in the corner of the screen to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're talking today to John Bay, who's the CEO of Standard Uranium. They're a Canadian private junior miner in the uranium space. They're listing later this year in August. He's going to talk to us about his asset in the Athabasca Basin in between Fission and NextGen's properties. John reckons he's got the next next gen on his hands. He's going to talk us through their strategy and also he's going to talk to us about one of their shareholders, a uranium only fund. Hello, John. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing, Matthew? Not too bad today. Not too bad. Um, so why don't we kick off with a two minute summary of the uh, business and we can get stuck into some questions after that. Sure, I'd love to. Thanks for, for asking. So we are standard uranium. We are a Canadian junior exploration company focused on the Athabasca Basin, and particularly the southwest corner of the Athabasca Basin. We are private. Uh, we started this company about a year and a half ago with the intention of taking it public at a time right when we thought the market was going to turn in uranium, and we are on schedule for that right now. So we started the company with some seed money about a year and a half ago. Since then, we've uh, continued to explore our project, getting ourselves ready for our initial drill program. We have now continued to raise capital. Last year, we raised 800 grand. Right now, we're doing another capital raise of about a million dollars, which we are oversubscribed. And that is for a go public, which we anticipate happening this August on the TSX Venture. Following that, we have a summer exploration program, which is going to lead us to our drill targets, which we plan to have fully um, identified and fully permitted for a winter drill program starting in the winter of February of 2020. For standard uranium, that is our basic story. Great stuff. Nice summary. So. I want to get you, you're obviously in a very exciting commodity at the moment, certainly very topical in the space of uranium. Um, Harry, you're also an explorer with all the risks that that brings to bear. Okay, so if you don't mind, um, I wouldn't mind getting a little bit more understanding about the, the team who you've brought on board, and then maybe get into the asset and you know what's going on, you know how, how it came into the company, um, and we'll kick off from there. So. Why don't we start with yourself? What's your experience background relative to uranium exploration? Sure. Thank you, Matthew. So I started in uh, capital markets and mining specifically about 2006. Mm -hmm. I was brought into a group, a company called the Hamilton Resource Group, which was a group of companies based in Vancouver of about eight to ten companies. And we had gold, silver, diamonds, copper, oil and gas and uranium. The uranium company that was in that group was one called Forum Uranium, which is still around led by Rick Mazur. So I spent three years uh, getting to know Rick and the uranium space and his company quite well. Following that, I left uh, that group and started my own firm, which at the time was an investor relations uh, firm called Steel Rose Communications out of Vancouver. Uh, I still continue to run that company. I started Steel Rose Capital, which is uh, a couple years after that, which is a capital markets firm, corporate advisory services and capital raising. And since that time, I've you know had a number of clients in junior mining, oil and gas, tech, cannabis. And about two years ago, I was approached by a group that was really bullish on where uranium was headed. And they asked me to step in and be the CEO of that company. And since, uh, I guess, October of 2017, I've built out that team and built out the company, made the acquisition, raised capital, and taken us to where we are today, which is about to go public in about 
eight weeks from now. Right. So, so if I just, I, I know I do want to talk about the team, but uh, you said a few things there. It's interesting to me. So, Steel Rose Group of Companies. You've got the Steel Rose Capital, Steel Rose IR. You've yes. got Standard Uranium. What's your focus? Right now? Yeah. My focus right now is 100% on Standard Uranium. So, what's so happened? Take that. Okay. What happened? What's happened to the, the other businesses, though? So they are basically consulting businesses, and if we get approached by other companies to sort of uh, work with them, I will hire out teams and let them run that. And I sort of uh, determine of those companies, and I sort of put teams in place on a, I guess you could say, uh, what is required. So if a, firm, if a company comes to us and says, look, we want to do a, a marketing program, we want someone to raise capital, then I will align the staff that I have to go help them with that. Right, okay. Myself, I oversee that, but I focus myself primarily on standard training. Got it. Okay. You know, you know why I'm asking. Because obviously, we this doesn't. Yeah, we don't want it to kind of feel like another promote type project in Canada. No, not at all. And as we go through this interview, you'll probably ask me about certain shareholders we've brought in, and you know, I can tell you about why they're in and who they are, and why uh, they will speak very right. clearly as to how plan on this project. Okay. So let's let's get back to the uh, the, the team. You've got Neil McCallum. I noticed there. Uh, yes. Next on the list. So Neil is our VP of Exploration. He's been working in the Athabasca Basin for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. He's actually, uh, he consults with us. He's actually an employee of Darouge Geologic. And I can explain to you who Darouge is and how important they are in this region. But, yeah. but Neil specifically has been working in this region for junior exploration companies for 10 plus years. So he knows his base quite well. So is he full-time or is he consulted out to you? Contracted he consults out to us. Right. Yes, consults out to us. That allows us to have his expertise keep our costs down. We try to keep our burn rate as low as we can and then get the work done that we need to do. Right. And how much time is he spending on this project? Uh, I would say, well, we don't have a lot to do right now. We're basically lining up our summer exploration work. So he's probably, you know, probably 33% of his time with us. So it keeps his, his burn rate down to about five or six grand a month, which is fantastic. Okay. So he's, he's the guy with the local experience. Um, you're Garrett Ainsworth as well, independent director. Now, Garrett is a phenomenal guy, and if you talk to people who know the space, he's sort of a rock star in this region. And right. it was quite a coup for us to bring Garrett into our team. Um, we picked him up the, to basically the day after he retired from Next Gen Energy. I'll give you a little bit of background on Garrett. Um, he's been in this space for you know many, many years. He worked as the VP of Exploration for a group called Alpha back, um, you know, back around 2010 or so. When at that time, Alpha and Fission Uranium were partners in that southwest corner. And at that time, nobody thought there was uranium in that region, the southwest Patterson Lake region. Uh, but Garrick was the VP of exploration, and he was leading exploration going back and forth in that southwest corner. And he was the exploration guy who actually discovered the, the boulders that led to the Fission Uranium Triple R discovery. So he won awards for that, and it was fantastic discovery for him. Vision then took over Alpha, and Garrett left Vision and was recruited and joined Next Gen Energy. And Garrett also was awarded a, a quite a prestigious award from the PDAC for his discovery and help of the, he was a VP of exploration and led the technical team at Next Gen. So a lot of the relationships in the uranium space come to us through Garrett's previous relationships through Next Gen. Now, Garrett left Next Gen because he's a exploration geologist. He didn't want to spend his next few years, you know, drilling out and doing um, you know, the type of permitting work that's going to be required to advance their aero project. So he wanted to go after the next uh, highly prospective uh, exploration target, mm -hmm. which was the Davids River project, which we have in our portfolio, which is uh, fantastic for us. And 
for him, he's a he wants to make the next big discovery in that region. And again, and again is he how much time is he spending with you? Uh, I would say you know probably twenty five percent of his time. We bring him in at the high level stuff when we get uh, targets back from our um, from our V ten work and our Z ten work. He works with Neil and they help identify you know where are those next drill targets we're going after. And he he's sort of big picture type of stuff. He analyzes the geophysics. He compares it to stuff he saw at Next Gen and Vision, which is uh, you know pretty exciting for us because he's seeing a lot of stuff that's really identical to stuff prior to their discoveries. Right. So is he so is he effectively like semi-retired or? What yeah, actually, he started he started a new company that he is a CEO of uh, a copper company in British Columbia as well. Right. So, but he and he will continue to advise you as a uh, and that's not a non-exec at the moment, but it will be a non-exec role going forward. Yeah, he's an independent uh, uh, director with us. Right, but we'll continue to work with you going forward, is the hope. Yes, I, I can't speak to how things are going to transpire over the future, but okay. he is going to be a part of this company. Okay, for, for now, he's with you. Great. Okay, uh, and what about Blair? He's another independent director. He's on the, yeah, it's so like a Blair, finance guy, is that right? He is, capital markets and finance guy. I've worked with Blair now for over three years on various projects. I met Blair when he was an investment banker with Echelon. Um, he and I worked on a few different projects there. He is—he came from you know ten plus years of working with Credit Suisse in New York and London, New York, I think Paris and in uh, Japan, prior to coming back to Canada. So he's great uh, connected across Canada and, and globally, and he understands the banking world as well as capital. Why is that relevant now, though, with an early stage explorer like yourself? Uh, well, someone with capital markets experience and banking experience is always great. We're constantly, uh, you know, as we go out, we're constantly raising money and his relationships in the banking world always help open doors. But at the moment, you're not raising that much money, right? So is the money going to come from the capital markets or is it going to come from a strategic partner or high net worths or retail? Where, where do you, where do you envisage this coming from? Let me walk you through this. So right sure. now, previous raises we've done, we've gone out to the retail market, we've gone out to the institutional market and we've been talked to the investment banking world. Mm -hmm. Right now, the last two raises I've done have not involved investment banks. We've done them on our own. But our next stage, when we go and do our, our drilling program, mm -hmm. we're going to be going back. And I've been uh, you know, traveling over the last few months. I've been meeting with investment bankers across Canada and the U.S. looking at who our next banking partners are going to be because the next programs we do for drilling will be much significantly larger capital raises. And I guess we can come on to that in, in a bit. Let's, let's just finish off with your CFO um, finally, if we might. Sure. So Martin Bashik is our CFO. He works with uh, a group out of Vancouver called North Bay Capital. Mm -hmm. He is uh, a shared CFO, so we have him part time. Uh, we probably have him, you know, twenty percent, which once again allows us to keep our our burn rate down. We don't need a full time CFO at this point. We're still very early stage, and you know, the amount of CFO work being done is, is minimal. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So you you basically so and, and the group that approached you, I think I, I had it somewhere. Um, with the assets, is it Vela Minerals? They're the ones that own the assets, is that right? Uh, that's close. So the group that approached me was North Bay Capital. Right. And the this founder of that is an individual named Talal Yassin. Got it. He had been an instrumental in starting another company with these two other individuals that run Vela, and that's Anthony Alvaro and Horizon. Uh, so those two guys had, had the shell of Vela. And the concept in 2018 was we were going to take Standard Uranium as a private company and do an RTO and develop and do our listing that way. Right. Well, as we walked down that path, we looked at um, various things last year. and We decided we were going to go do a, a direct listing instead in 2019. Right. The market la 
last uh, last fall wasn't really excited about uranium. Was you know 12 months ago, and it wasn't easy to raise capital and taking us public at that point wouldn't have been a good decision. And so, what does what does the structure look like now? Just in terms of who's involved, we talk about shareholders, and maybe now's a good time to kind of get into that and the structure of of the company because you know that's really important for juniors when they're when they're starting off, and it's also important for people coming in slightly later. They want to make sure they're not going to get caught up by people dumping stock in the market. So, you know, how have you structured that? Sure. So right now, if I know, I think you reviewed our presentation. There's a slide yeah. towards the end that walks through our, our capital structure and who our shareholders are. So when we started the company, um, five hundred thousand dollars was put out uh, by three founders. Um, mm -hmm. That was at a, at a five cent raise, and those mm -hmm. came with warrants as well at five cent. So that gave us our, our first five hundred grand. Then we acquired the Davidson River project, which was acquired for twenty three million shares. So we had ten million from the original seed money, then we had 23 million, so we had that 32 million shares out. Then last fall, in basically October, November, we went on and raised $860,000. Mm. That came in through some retail and one big uh, institutional fund, and it's, uh, it's, it's quite publicly known that that fund is Station Cove out of New York, Mike Elkins Group. Yep. Um, Mike doesn't like speaking about how much he invests in the company, so I'll leave it at that, but he is, um, you know, we have a great relationship with Mike, and I believe he's one of the smartest guys in the industries, and we're really fortunate to have him uh, supportive of our company. So right now, we're going back to the market. We're raising, uh, we wanted to raise another million dollars for our, our go public process and to continue our summer exploration to help us uh, define our drill targets. Mm -hmm. And I can say we completed that capital raise. We're oversubscribed already. And on top of Station Cove support, we have another fund coming in, which I, I won't announce until that it's all, you know, until that's actually finalized. You know, it's got Mike Alcon involved, says there's something about the company. And so what, what do you think that something is, though? You know, we, we, people can read the presentation and get into the, the, the details of what you have done last year, what you're going to be doing this year. But what is it you think you've got? You're in the right postcode. You're surrounded by all the big names. OK, but if we look back to the last cycle, you know, you went from 50 companies to 500 companies and, you know, back down again to 50. Right. So where do, where do you think you fit in the in the mix with obviously the excitement in the market about well excitement in everything but the share prices of, of the equities? Where do you think you fit? You know, what, what do you bring to the party? Well, we, we talk to investors about this for the first time. We like to compare ourselves to an early stage uh, next gen and an early stage vision. We're in that mm -hmm. southwest corner of the basin and we're at a point where we're pre-discovery. So shareholders who see us right now, they have the opportunity to invest in a company that's about to go public or soon after we're public. And they have an opportunity to get involved before we make our first discovery. And it's easy to say, yeah, you're in the neighborhood, you're in area play. And I could say that, yeah, we could say that, but what's really exciting to us is the exact uh, structure of what we've got in our project. So if you were to look at a map of where NextGen and Vision say compared to the Davidson River project, yeah. you can see that you're directly west and before we, you know, got into our exploration work last summer, our big thing that we were trying to prove out was the conductors that actually host the Arrow and the Triple R discoveries. Actually, we wanted to prove that those same conductors run right through our project. So they're on the eastern side of an area called the Clearwater Domain, which we believe is the, the host and the source of the uranium and the fluids that brought the, that uranium to that region. We believe those fluids and the, that uranium can be and will be found on the western side of the Clearwater Domain. 
So we did uh, VTEM work last winter, and we've had that analyzed, and that's helped us identify uh, graphitic conductors that run through our project. And if you go onto our website at scannerduranium.ca, you can see our 43101 technical report. Yeah. And even more exciting is the actual VTAM report. And that breaks down and shows which conductors we've identified. And most excitingly, the conductor that the PLS that hosts the, the arrow and the triple R, we believe that conductor runs right through our project. Right. And that's so, what's exciting. Yeah. Okay. So people should look at the 43101, you know, plus or minus 30% accuracy to that. But... What has Mike Alkin bought into? The fact that you are sitting on a, on a large swathe of land in the right postcode, obviously it, there, is some, there is something to that, the neurology component, there is something to that. But was he buying into you? Was he buying into Garrett's involvement? Or is it just the fact that because you've got this asset, what, you know, anyone, anyone could make this work? I mean, what, what, how did you sell it to him? Uh, well, let's, I'm not going to speak for Mike Alkin. Obviously, he'll speak for himself. But when I talked to Mike, the things that I was really, um, really wanted to put forward to him was we've got a team. We've got uh, Garrett and Neil, who've been in this region. Garrett, who's made, been part of the, the discovery of Triple R and the discovery of Arrow. Those discoveries were made by looking at geophysics primarily. And the geophysics we're seeing now with our, our Z10 and our V10 story. We're seeing those, and they are, you know, very similar to what they see, what he saw over there, which is exciting. Um, quite often, when you see conductors run through through projects, they can be nice straight lines. Mm. One of the things we're really looking for is conductors that have breaks and folds and cross-cutting structures. That that is where uranium would actually drop out and actually make deposits. So we are very excited about getting those uh, drill targets moving and, and drilling that in the, in the winter of this year. So why have you got it? Why didn't one of the big guys take the opportunity to pick uh, it up? Great, great, great question. So up until 2012 or so, that region south of that PLS area was all, um, you, couldn't, you couldn't stake it. It was held for uh, gas and oil reserves. When they took that region off, you got to realize nobody was exploring over there. Everybody that was there, the Aranos and the Chemicals, they were on the northeast side of the basin or they were up on the northwest side of the basin. And they said, you'll never find any uranium there until uranium was found there by Alpha and Garrett hmm. and, and Fission, who came in and made that first discovery. At that point, there was a bit of a staking rush. And staking was all, at the same point, was all moved to from physical staking to actual online staking, so people could do staking and take up big chunks of land. Right. Now, the individual who staked this project is a guy named Jody DeRouge. At the time, he was the president of Fission Uranium. So he was also a staking guy. He'd been staking in that region for many years. And what happened was he staked that Davidson River project and offered it to, to Vision, and they, they didn't want it at that point. So when he departed Vision, um, Vision wanted that project back. And uh, it was kind of messy, and it ended up in court, and it was tied up in court for three years. And the judges decided that it was 100% owned by Jody DeRouge and, and DeRouge Exploration. So at that point, Jody had another junior work on it for, for a bit, and timing wasn't great. They couldn't raise money. They didn't get a lot of work done. So the project came back to Jody. He then went over to NextGen and offered that project to Garrett at NextGen. And Garrett uh, fell in love with the project. He knew what the potential was there. He wanted it, but his CEO, Lee Courier, said, you know what, we've got enough land right now. We've made our discovery. We're going to focus on that. So NextGen passed on it. So at that point, Jody offered it to the individuals who founded our company, Talal Yassin at North Bay Capital, who locked it up. And then he decided, let's build a uranium company. He approached me, and here we are today. 
Interesting. Um, so how much did all that cost? I mean, so he, he's, he's tied it up, Joe's tied it up, which is great. How much money has he spent on it? How much money has been spent on it? And, and coming back to your structure, you know, yeah. you've rolled that in, uh, he's rolled that asset in. What, what's he get out of it? So uh, for his time, you know, he was given um, X amount of shares and X amount of dollars. So he'd spent about a million dollars on that project over the years, keeping the claims in good standing, doing some basic exploration work. One of the exciting things is the Davidson River has never been drilled. So it's uh, we're, we're going to be the first company to ever drill this project, which is a highly prospective area. Mm. Jody has, I believe it's 4 million shares in standard uranium for that, and he's got a couple million dollars. Right, okay, so okay. What's the earning over, over time? I'm, I'm just trying to work out, at, at some point in the in the future, I'm going to be able to work out whether that was an expensive mistake from NextGen or not, right? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's hope so from our perspective, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay. Not only did they lose the project, they lost Garrett Ainsworth as well, who came out who wanted to go work on that project. Right. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. So I, I, I'm in, I'm intrigued by what your model is. You've read, you've you talked through the finances. You, you you've got a you've got a bit of money in the treasury, but at some point soon you're going to have to go. What you're doing the, the you're going public in what August? You. Yeah, that's correct. So we are doing a, a direct listing on the TSX Venture this August. Everything is lining up beautifully. That will complete. We've got the capital raised. And then we're going to do, on the heels of that, we're going to do an OTC listing in the U.S. right about, uh, well, we can start that 30 days after we've listed on right. the TSX. Right. So, so just two things there, John. Um, one is, how much are you raising when you go public? Or how much have you raised sure. already? So right now we're in the middle of a capital raise, which was, was we're going to be about a million dollars Canadian. Right. Okay. But that's enough. That's all you need. That's all we need. We don't want to dilute our shareholders too much right now at this valuation. The share this this capital raise is being done at, at fifteen cents with a twenty five cent warrant. Right. Okay. Um, that will take us up to between forty five to fifty million shares, out, depending on the amount we close on. Right, and so so where will that put you in terms of um, total cash available? I'm looking at page 16 of your current presentation, which sure. I think maybe so is a little bit out of We'll have about uh, about a million dollars, 750 to a million dollars available to us. We'll spend probably uh, you know 400 to 500 thousand on exploration work this summer, which will give us you know, we'll have half a million to a bit more uh, going into the fall. And what that means is when we go to do our proposed drill program in the winter of 2020, we'll be going back to the market to raise capital specifically for the drill program. Right. Okay. And what we're looking at, we're looking at raising around $3 million. That's going to give us about 6,000 meters of drilling, about 20 uh, drill targets, drill holes. Yeah. Those are about 400 meters in, in depth. We believe our project is basement hosted and it's going to start somewhere between 50 to 100 meters down. So those drill, those drills will be uh, going on angles. So we'll angle down about 400 meters, which should allow us to go through the structure, identify. We want to see that we go through the graphitic structures there, and hopefully identify uranium in those structures. Okay, we'll come back to the, that technical component in a second. So that my, my second question was why the OTC as well at this stage. So for us, we are finding through our through our roadshows that we're getting a lot more interest right now from American investors and Canadians. And that is, um, you know, I, I think because the state of where the capital markets are in junior mining and uranium right now, the share prices still haven't moved. We're not seeing the Canadian retail investor get excited yet and jump into uranium. But we know that when that does happen, they're going to flood in just like more companies are going to flood into the uranium space. So we're, we're preparing for, for both. Yeah, very powerful. Sorry. And the OTC listing in the U.S. also gives U.S.
U.S. retail investors and institutions just another easier step to to get in and trade their shares. So we're trying to make it as easy as we can for U.S. investors to be a part of our company. Yes, they're a very passionate bunch, the American uh, uranium investor. Um, we've had some exposure to them recently. Um, can we can we come back to the position of the company? Okay, you, you're going to go do this uh, listing on the TSXV. You're going to have a 750 million bucks in the kitty to go and do a program which will get get you through to uh, a, you know further raise three million bucks. Okay, so that, that's all good. You're an early stage exploration company with all the risks. You know, you know. Typically, people talk about you know 19 out of 20 of these things don't kind of work out. You happen to be in quite a use the word sexy uh, commodity at the moment in terms of the the production versus you know the, the the production deficit at the moment why do you think you're going to survive why do you think you're still going to be around in a year's time two years time being able to talk about this uh, that's a good question i mean if you look at the numbers of where things are and where things potentially could go it's uh, it's a daunting task to be a junior exploration company period uh, we're very bullish on where uranium is going we believe if it's not the end of this year it's we believe 2020 is going to be a very exciting year for the uranium market to come back that's based primarily on, you know, supply and demand and what's being produced right now, where the demand is headed. So we see uranium being quite a, quite a bullish space to be in. As for us, um, the work we've done on our project so far, the Davidson River specifically, we've got uh, you know, 26 conductors there. We've got four that are very highly prospective. We believe we've got some good shareholders we brought in who understand our space and our story. And we've got more that are waiting to come in once we go public. There are a number of new uranium funds globally that are, that are around. We've been talking to them all. We know them. Um, for many of them, our story is too early, but they're waiting for us to, to go public, have our first drill program, and then if we have uh, some success, they're going to be uh, supporters as well. So I'm really excited as to what the future lies for our company. So again, we're touching upon some of the, mar the market factors here, um, which is kind of well covered with a lot of our um, previous interviews. But let's just let's touch upon some of those now. So. Obviously, the two three two decision. Everyone's waiting for it. Utilities are waiting for it. You know, um, investors are waiting for it. Um, the companies are waiting for it. For you, if that drags on more than another twelve months, obviously that becomes problematic. What are the options for you? You've talked about some of the uranium-specific funds, and even maybe some of the generalists are you know looking at the market and going, "This is crazy." Do you think that if the market, retail, doesn't support you, you you've got options? We do. So right now, uh, the funds we have in place, if we do not complete, uh, go forward with the drill program, if the uranium market tanks over the next six months, we've got enough cash that we can basically maintain our position for about a year and a half to two years. So probably 24 or 24 months, which for us, we've got you know a, a plan A and a plan B. Okay. We know if the market takes off, we've built a, a fantastic investor relations capital markets outreach program. Uh, we've been interviewing and meeting with various uh, vendors in the space. And we know that we are have got cash put aside to basically flip the switch and go hard uh, when the market turns, which we anticipate it will. It might not be in the next three to six months, but hopefully it will be. Yeah. No, so, and, and, and you know, I don't mean to labor the point. It's just, it's just interesting to me the position that the uranium space finds itself in. And obviously a lot of the juniors perhaps a long way from production because these things do take a, a while to go from you know where you are to you know producing 
Um, doesn't mean there's no value there because if you can give people a sense of what's under the ground, people think the money potentially could be there, certainly with some of the institutions, I'm guessing. Um, but do you also have like strategic options? I mean, you're surrounded by people, great, you know, huge names. I mean, they're in the same boat, you know, until the spot yes. price comes back, they're in the same boat, but they do have cash. Is that a consideration? I can tell you that we have been meeting with uh, some of those strategic people in the space. Uh, at this point, we do not want to give up our Stevenson River project on own it 100%, and we want to continue to advance that. Should we go down the road where we have capital and we're drilling out our program and we don't have success? I think at that point, we'll look at strategic partners to come in and perhaps fund future drilling programs. But at this point, we want to keep all the success for our shareholders. Yeah, of course. You, you, but you, you also want that optionality if push comes to shove, right? Um, Correct. Okay. So for when you go public, TSXB, retail are going to be interested in that. You think there's less interest in Canada than there is in the US, which is which is interesting, which may or may not be the case by, by the end of the year, because there's a lot of, sort of positive momentum for uranium companies, uh, certainly the uranium stories with, you know, within with the nuclear zero, zero carbon, etc. It's all, it's all good. But do you think that um, even people coming in at this early point with you, that their money's safe because of the license that you got, the package that you've got, even if you don't drill? Uh, yeah, we think our package is, is phenomenal. We love where we are. We love the corner of the region we are in the at the basin, at the Bass Basin, and we also think the team that we put together are, uh, you know, they're world class in that region of the space. Um, people are looking to that, and they're looking at the people we have. They're looking at this Davidson River. When they dig into the, the technical side of it, uh, there's, a, there's a huge upside there, and we could be working this project for years and years to come. Now, one more comment back to the retail space. Mm. As you know, I, I live in Vancouver, and uh, Vancouver in Canada is uh, probably the epicenter of, of the cannabis world right now. And with Canada legalizing cannabis uh, last year, the retail market has been, if it's not 100% cannabis, it's about 90% cannabis. So we've seen a massive amount of retail uh, funds and retail uh, investors putting their funds directly into the cannabis space. Now, thankfully for us in junior mining, that uh, that market has come down significantly in the last six months, and we're hoping some of that retail money is going to come back, looking to put it into to junior resource space again. So that's you know a big piece of why um, the retail market in Canada is not in junior mining; it's all shifted to cannabis. But with our talks in the last uh, few months, kept traveling across Canada, we're finding. From uh, you know the banks we've been meeting with and the, and the brokers, they're finding some of those investors are now looking to deploy some of that cannabis funds back into junior mining. So we're hoping that uranium is going to be a big part of that, and we're, we are hearing that it is going to be a sexy space to be in. So we're continuing to build those relationships, speak to those brokers, speak to those bankers, speak to those retail funds, high net worth, and position ourselves so that when we do go public and we start start our exploration program, the drilling. People have heard of us, they know who we are, they know what our plan is, and they want to see us hit those milestones, continue to advance our project, and then hopefully they'll come along for the ride. Okay. Well, John, I mean, I, I've i enjoyed that summary. Um, you know, in the market is the market, you've, but you've, you know, you've, got, you've got a team, you've got an asset, a team of experienced and relevant experience at that uh, in a postcode, which is, I think, highly relevant with the with an asset which seems to be surrounded by the right guys, you know, you, you've got a sort of tough few months ahead, I think. You've got to get that listing done um, and then see if you can raise some capital after that. But 
you know, my, my sense is even if you don't, it's uh, it's not too bad uh, for you in terms of timing. The uranium market is looking like it's ramping up for something quite soon. Um, so, like, thanks, thanks for your time. I appreciate appreciate that. Is there anything else that you want that uh, perhaps I haven't asked you that you wanted the public to know? No, I think you did a great job of uh, drawing out the information from our company. I do encourage all your viewers to, to go to our website, uh, www.standarduranium.ca. Mm -hmm. uh, on there is my contact information. Uh, you can get my my cell number. You can get our office number. You can email me. And I'm quite off, quite, um, you know, I'm on Twitter a fair bit. And when you look at Standard Uranium on Twitter, that's myself personally, the CEO, okay. talking to people. Well, great. Feel free to reach out. We should we should uh, follow each other if we ha if we haven't already we should um, I'll, I'll I'll hold you to that and just I mean just on there there's I mean you've got a letter to shareholders on the website which I think perhaps not completely up to date uh, and the presentation itself is a few things as well are you are you going to be updating those soon There will be a future letter to shareholder probably coming out in August right sort of updating as to where we are completing our capital raise outlining our where we are in the summer exploration program and our plans for the winter in 2020. Right. Okay. And the and the PowerPoint. Uh, the PowerPoint is you will be updated. It's that's the one I'm using currently as I'm on the road as of last week. So it's right. it's pretty up PowerPoint. Okay. Great. Great. Okay, John. Appreciate your time. Thanks for running through that. Uh, and best of luck. And do keep us up to date. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate the opportunity to share our story. And uh, thanks for the interview. We'll talk no problem. Soon. No problem. Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you wanna see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.